Welcome to Engaging Culture, a podcast presented by Bridgeway Christian Church. I'm Brian Kiley. On today's episode, Pastor Lance Hahn and I are talking about masks and face coverings. As the coronavirus has continued to rage, mask wearing has increased here in the state of California. Masks are now required in indoor public spaces, but these mask wearing mandates are not without controversy. Today, we'll talk about why we are encouraging mask wearing at Bridgeway, and why we see this as an important way to love our neighbors. All of that and more on this episode of Engaging Culture. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 2 of the Engaging Culture Podcast. Pastor Brian here, joined by Pastor Lance Hahn. What's happening? Man, I have been waiting all my life to talk about masks on a podcast. This is so exciting. That's called sarcasm. Oh, there is but... nothing. <laughs> yes, there is nothing I would rather be talking about today than yes. masks and face cover. You know, I missed the mask and face covering class in seminary. I don't know if you yeah. you took that one. Well, but, here's the funny uh, thing. So yeah, I went to the it, first day of COVID-19. No. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. No, I'm just being I, stupid. I, I was just going to say, I, yeah. Add this to the list of weird things we're now having to talk about in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. So many different things we've done over the last three months, you would have just never thought that we would be talking about. And yet, here we are. And I want to point out, we are recording this episode in our homes, so we don't have to wear masks. I've got my mask right here. For those of you watching online, I'm ready to go if I go out in public, but currently not wearing it, which is which is wonderful. Now, here is one thing. Now, the controversy surrounding masks is obviously very intense, and we're going to talk about that. And it is always sort of amusing to me. Boy, we as society, just we get worked up over a lot of stuff, and we're very worked up over this. And I say that not to dismiss people's feelings, because I think there are lots of strong feelings, and they're very valid. It's, it's just always remarkable to me, though, how fired up we can get in one way or another about these different subjects. However, there, there, there's one, I think, element of mask wearing that we all agree on, and that is that we hate it. So whether we think wearing a mask is helpful or not, none of us are like, man, I, I cannot wait to go to the grocery store so I can wear a mask. So my question for you, Lance, what element of mask wearing do you find most irritating? Yes, okay, so there's actually two of them. Uh, one of them is, uh, I consider a smile to be a massive deal and I can't smile in my mask. And so like the other day I was at, uh, I was at Starbucks and there was a little baby peeking out and trying to look at me and I was smiling at the baby and trying to do my normal thing and not realizing I have a huge face covering and the baby's just looking at me like, what the heck is wrong with you, dude? Some creepy guy's just staring at me. Uh, so that, first of all, is irritating. Second one is uh, at church this weekend, I was right behind the stage and I was worshiping and I was singing really loud. Whoa, whoops. And right. I was worshiping and I was singing really loud and my mask kept sucking back into my mouth <laughs> and I kept gagging myself. So that was dumb. But anyway, those are the two biggest things for me. What about you? Yes, the the face sucking is definitely an issue. When I when I went to go pray during a pre-service meeting with some of our staff the first weekend when we were back, I took a breath because you're praying publicly, you're speaking a little louder than you normally would. And yes, I got like a mouthful of of uh, I was wearing a disposable mask, a mouthful of masks. So that's that's pretty annoying. And then I also recognize, and this is similar to what you said, Lance. It it is it is less personal to engage yeah. with somebody when they have half of their face covered and to to have half of your face covered as well. It's, I mean, I think that the eyes are most important. I mean, I would rather see someone's eyes than their nose and mouth. Like that'd be really weird to talk to somebody and their eyes were totally covered. I guess we do that with sunglasses. But, um, but I, I think that it, it is less personal and you feel a little bit less less connected with others. And it is fun. I mean, uh, I've heard from a lot of people, I don't wear glasses myself, but I've heard from a lot of people that they're having issues with um, with their glasses getting fogged up. So I can imagine that would be quite, quite irritating as well. No, I think that's super irritating. Here's what I would love to hear from, and that is my dog in the background. What I want to hear from is introverts. Uh, is this a good thing or a bad thing? And the reason why is can you hide behind a mask and just go, hey, I would love to talk to you. I just can't. 
and then you just run away and hide and that's awesome? Or does an introvert go, seriously, yeah. I have to talk and verbalize? Why can't I just sweetly smile and walk away? Right. So I'm not an introvert. Yes. Uh, I've become more introverted, but I'm not an introvert. So I would love to know from the introverts whether or not this is their favorite or this is their worst nightmare. I can't really tell. Yeah, that's pretty funny. If you're watching live on Facebook as we're recording this, which, by the way, for those listening later, we're recording this on June 30th at 11 a.m. And who knows what the world's going to be like a week or two from now. But for now, masks are required, lots of places in the state of California. And yes, if you're watching live, I'd be curious to know, introverts, is it like, okay, yes, I can hide? Or is it, man, now talking just feels like more work. So, uh, all right. Now, we, we talked at the beginning how people have very strong opinions about mask wearing. And Lance, let's, let's just go back and forth here for the next couple of minutes. Just talk about, okay, what are some of the reasons that you think folks feel so strongly why has this become such a flashpoint for different people well I, I think that for some and once again it is very very different i think we need to be very careful of assuming why somebody is really fired up one way or another uh, because sometimes you'll find somebody coming in really strongly anti-mask and you're going to assume it's because of one reason or another so i'm glad we're actually covering a couple different reasons so one that i have found that there's a lot of intensity about is because some people uh, believe that because of different medical conditions, wearing a mask makes uh, things very difficult for them. And they feel like they're being pressured to have more difficulty in something they're already struggling with. So for example, let's say somebody has asthma or somebody has a lung capacity issue, and all of a sudden they already have trouble breathing and then they're mandated to wear a mask and they're saying, man, my life is already hard. I certainly don't want it harder. And so I think that for some, it's a personal thing. What, what are you saying? Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. And if you're just joining us, we're talking about masks. We all agree that everyone hates them. We're going to get into some reasons why we think they're important, even though we hate them. But for now, we're talking through kind of some of the some of the reasons why people aren't into them. Uh, there, there, there is a there is a a cultural and sort of political element to this as well. There was a pretty interesting article that I read in Psychology Today that uh, I actually found out about from, from Heather Johnson, who we work with, just talking through some of, okay, why do people feel so strongly? And and we'll try to put that in the show notes and then I'll, I'll drop it in on Facebook right now. But uh, it talked about some of the issues of kind of why people feel so strongly about mask wearing. And, and for some, they said that it was, uh, for a lot of people as we've gone through this pandemic, there is this debate between sort of those who really want to take extreme measures to protect health and, and those who feel that those measures need to be mitigated somewhat for the sake of opening the economy. Now, there are lots of people who say that that's a false choice, and I would put myself squarely in that category. Uh, however, there are a lot of people who, who lean to one side or the other. And for those who are more in the, hey, we need to get the economy going camp, the, the mask is, is to them a sign that we are taking overly restrictive measures that are preventing us from uh, saving the economy and, and getting back going again. Uh, and then also there's obviously, uh, unfortunately, a political element to this where somehow uh, another thing that just amazes me about our society how we're able to politicize almost anything and unfortunately the the, the mask wearing concept has been politicized what what I'm encouraged by, however, is I think that's really decreasing, which again, we're recording this on June 30th. And just in the last couple of days, uh, Tim Scott, who's a prominent Republican sen senator, Mitch McConnell, who is the Senate majority leader, and he's Republican, and even Mike Pence, who is the vice president of the United States. I mean, these are not like sober-minded, nonpartisan individuals here. These people are baked in conservative partisanship, and they've come out and said, we need to be wearing masks. So I'm really grateful for that. I hope that the president will come out and say the same thing. Uh, but I think in the last couple of weeks, it has been unfortunately seen as a as a political issue, uh, which it shouldn't, but nevertheless, it is. So I don't know. Well, I think, I think, yeah. No, I think a piece of that is um, that, so certain personalities drift towards certain political persuasions. And in case you're wondering what we're talking about with the political persuasions is in general, it's been politicized that people that are on the right-hand side or more on the conservative side and Republican side are against mask wearing and people that are on the left side or more on the Democratic side believe that mask wearing is more important. Now, once again, I don't understand why this would be a political issue at all, but it went there. 
Now, underneath all that stuff, there is a certain personality that feels that there's a violation of civil liberties anytime they're forced to do something. And for someone to have to wear a mask because someone else told them to, that ends up feeling like an infringement on a personal freedom. And that ends up being politicized as well. So there's a lot of intensity about just don't tell me what to do. Um, yeah. That um, Now, it personally, as, as a believer, um, I understand that, that, that there's times and everything for um, kind of righteous anger and things like that. So I don't want to minimize that. I'm not sure I, I, I groove very well with the idea of rebellion for rebellion's sake. I don't think that that's really a Christian ideal. Um, yeah. But I do understand where someone is feeling an overstep or somebody is feeling an infringement and there is a frustration there. So I think that that's a piece of it. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're absolutely you're you're absolutely right about that. Uh, I, I think another element, and uh, I, I don't hear this talked about as much, but but I think these these two elements are are significant, whether it's whether we're conscious of it or not. I, I think on the one hand, we are we're just not used to this. Uh, the different different uh, societies around the world that have had different outbreaks have kind of grown a little bit more accustomed to the idea of of mask wearing. So, but it is a very odd thing. It's never happened that I can think of in, in my lifetime, and I would imagine not in anyone's lifetime that we're listening. So it's just it's new and it's weird. It just is. I don't think there's any getting around how weird it is to wear a mask on your face unless you work in a profession where that's just something you do normally. And and I I can sympathize with those for whom it is ju it just feels very uh, very jarring to to have that on your face. And then related to that. It is a very intimate thing to have an object attached to your face. So again, that's not something I'm hearing a lot of people saying publicly, but but I suspect that, and I don't think we're being dishonest about it. I think it's just more subconscious than conscious. I think that that makes mask wearing feel a little bit more like a violation than maybe some other, uh, so, than things like social distancing or using hand sanitizer or things like that. I don't, I don't know. What do you think about that? Well, I think that you're hitting on something that's really key, which is that for different cultures, a level of personal space um, is actually very different. In our world, we have really unusual rules about who can get into our personal space and what can get into our personal space. Um, but what's intriguing is a mask is right up on you. And not only is it touching a, an important part of your body, meaning that this is something that you tend to defend. Not only is it touching your face, but you can see it out of your periphery. And so it tends to feel like there's a block. There's something in there. It's almost like trying to get used to glasses for the first time yeah. and realizing there's something on your face. There is a learning curve to that. It's very, very challenging. So I think this not only is it for some people because they're forced to do it, that's, that's irritating. But now all of a sudden it's so close and so personal. I think those are a challenge. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. All right, real quick, let's do a quick rundown. We're talking about, we're t we keep using this term mask, but not all masks are created equal. Can, can you no. break down for us different types of masks and, and kind of what we're talking about when we, even when we're using this term? Yeah, so this is actually really, really important. It's going to sound boring and it's not. And here's why. Because so much is being shared about what masks do and don't do. And if somebody has one form of mask in mind, they're going to comment on it one way. And somebody has another idea of a mask or a face covering in mind, and they don't understand what they're talking about. So there's a lot of miscommunication. So first of all, when we start talking about masks, in general, masks are supposed to seal off better. When we talk about a surgical mask, that is actually something that provides a little bit more coverage, but the way that it filters is stronger. That's where you hear phrases like N95 and things like that. To go one step further, if we're really going to talk about restrictive, the most powerful masks that are used in areas such as um, uh, toxic locations, stuff like that, you actually use what's called a respirator. And that is a mask that seals off complete access to the air around you, and it recycles or purifies the air that is coming into your mask. So when people say mask, so for example, somebody would say, well, I'm restricted in my oxygen intake. Well, you're probably talking about a mask and not a face covering. 
a loose face covering, which is the things that we wear that are disposable, that kind of just loosely cover over our mouth and nose, that's actually not a mask. That is a face covering. That's actually what is being requested and required and mandated is a face covering, not a mask. Some people choose to use masks for their own personal safety, and some people even choose to use respirators for greater protection. That is not what the government is requiring. They're requiring loose, relatively loose, because you're not sealing off all the air. So what that means is you're getting plenty of oxygen because it's not blocking any of it out. If you have a loose face covering, it's coming right through all the time. But for some people, it feels restrictive because of uh, things like claustrophobia and anxiety and pieces like that. But just know you're getting plenty of air if you have a face covering, but a mask is a little more restrictive. Yeah. Anyway, I, and, I think that's really, yeah. really important. No, that that is that is important, and it's a um, w- one interesting thing I read in an article that was put out by uh, by the medical school at Stanford was the idea that yes, if you're wearing a face covering properly, you have you should have plenty of ventilation, and that a, a simple test you can do to see if you're getting enough ventilation is uh, to light a candle a foot in front of you, put your mask on, and try to blow it out. That you should be able to blow out the candle, and that is a sign that you're getting. A- enough airflow. But that leads into, and I'm going to use that as a segue into our next point, which is the the question of, because I think you hear this from a lot of folks, you hear, okay, well, wait a second, do masks even work? Do they, do they help stop the spread of the coronavirus? Uh, and the answer to that question is yes. Uh, that, is, that is not a matter of contention amongst, amongst scientists, you know, by and large around the world. And the key to understand is that the way that masks help, it's less about protecting you from the environment and it's more about protecting the environment from you. <laughs> that what it is essentially doing, it is, is keeping the droplets that come out of your mouth from aerosoling into the air where others can breathe them in. And I've heard a lot of people say, well, wait a second, the virus is so small uh, that it can't possibly work because the virus is smaller than the holes in a mask. So the virus is just going to get out. Uh, once again, referring back to the article that I read from uh, the folks at St- from the folks at Stanford, uh, is that the fact is yes, it's true that if the virus was just coming out of your mouth on its own, a mask wouldn't be that helpful. But a virus comes out in droplets that are much larger. So when you have the mask on, the virus is attached to a droplet, which once again. I cannot believe I'm talking about this, but here we are in this weird world where we have to talk about weird stuff. But uh, we, uh, the the drop the droplets get caught by the mask and are not released into the air, and that's where it really makes a difference, especially, especially, especially in environments where you're around lots of people or we're all breathing the same air, like a grocery store or a church service. Uh, and even more so in situations where we're gonna be doing things like speaking or singing, which would, or I should say public speaking or singing, where our, uh, the droplets are gonna be expelled a little bit further because we're speaking with greater force. A- any additional thoughts on that? And I'll go ahead and we'll try to put that article in the show notes and I'll, I'll drop it in the comments here on Facebook as well. Well, no, I think that probably the most helpful thing is realizing that the virus needs a little transport vehicle to hang on to, to get out there. A lot of people are saying, well, if it's aerosol, the the research and study on the aerosol pieces on how it can stay hanging in the air or if it's on surfaces are actually too new to have any firm conclusions. What they do know is that the number one way and the vast majority of how it is shared is from droplets because it has to hang on to something. If you can stop the droplets, it stops the spread. So that's why a mask actually works. And once again, to where it helps it stop from coming out of your mouth, because like a shotgun blast, it starts out in a tiny, tight pattern, and then it goes out wide. When you wear a mask, it stops it right when it starts in its little tiny, tight pattern. So anyway, those are the types of things and why it's, it is actually valuable in stopping the spread. That's why they're yeah. requiring it. Yeah, and I hope that we can recognize that, and that, and that's really so much of our of our heart behind even. And we'll get into why we are encouraging and, and asking people to wear masks when they come to Bridgeway, and and why we're encouraging Christians to to be willing to wear masks even though they're horrible. We're acknowledging all of that. Is is the science says it helps protect others. Uh, that for me, when I go to the grocery store, when I go to wherever I'm going, 
I'm not wearing the mask for me. Uh, I live in Lincoln where there is a large elderly population. A lot of folks who live, we have a Sun City up here. My parents live in Sun City. I'm not wearing the mask for me. I'm wearing the mask for them. I'm wearing the mask for a lot of folks who are watching us on, online right now who are in more vulnerable populations. I'm wearing the mask for the grocery store employees. I'm wearing the mask. So it's like, so, so on some level, it's like, do am I glad the, that the government made, said like, hey, we, we need to do this? Yes, because I think that's, that kept us from having to have a lot of debates. But at the same time, for me, it's not about the government requiring it. And it's about me saying, okay, the scientists are saying this is a way you can protect others. And yes, it's annoying, but it's not some great infringement upon my freedom. So of course I'm going to do it. I don't need the government to mandate it before I'm going to say, yeah, this is a sacrifice I'm going to make. Now, I'll be very honest. It crosses my mind before I go out in public. It's like, okay, do I really want to put my mask on? So, yeah. So, I mean, I think that's an element. Now, uh, one question, and we've addressed this a little bit already, but I'll let you speak to it, Lance, is some people have have said that there have been some concerns about mask wearing being dangerous. Uh, Can you speak to that a little bit? Is it dangerous for the general public to wear a face covering? Well, here's the thing. The answer is in almost all cases, the answer is no. And here's why. You have to wear it for what it was designed for. So for example, if you're wearing a restrictive respirator, you have to do it right in the right environment. If you're wearing a loose face covering, then that's very, very different. So it all depends on what you're putting on your face and how you're handling it. The other thing is you'll notice that they do not request that you put masks on certain people. So for example, babies two and under are not required to have a face covering. And that is because of restriction of flow of their breathing. And also they're not worried about them giving it out to other people as much. The other thing is that there are some people due to different mental illness and things like that, which deal with anxiety, or as I mentioned, claustrophobia and things like that, that inspire panic attacks. Once again, you need to use it very sparingly because the cost of your mental state on top of, well, what's the benefit to somebody else? And if you ultimately don't have it and you're not giving it away, you start going, what is, do I need to stay home? Right? I mean, these are, these are very challenging issues. We can't ignore that. So I, do I think that you need to, um, so do you need to wear a respirator, a massive full face mask, and then go out exercising? The answer to that is no, that's not what it was designed for. As a matter of fact, they do certain trainings in the military by putting masks on to restrict airflow and make them work out hard to make it difficult, meaning it makes life harder. But that is not is what being required. So, yes, I I think I would be very cautious to make sure that whatever you're wearing, you're actually using it for what it was designed for. Then I think it's always safe because it was built just for that. But we tend to mix and match and not do our research. And so we end up going, man, at the end of the day, I feel totally restricted and I feel like my lungs are hurting and I feel like I can't breathe anymore. And this is not good for the oxygen to my brain. And hold up. Are we sure we're using our mask right or our face covering? So anyway, uh, when people ask, is mask wearing dangerous? Uh, It certainly can be. But in almost all cases, if you're doing it right, no, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and certainly if you, I mean, I had childhood asthma, my son has asthma. Like if you have at talk to your doctor, yep, uh, that's real. Talk to the internet, talk, talk to your doctor, right. Uh, about that stuff. And, and then I think that uh, different ones of us are, are inclined towards uh, claustrophobia and things like that. And that's very real and that's very legitimate. And, and I think to talk to a medical professional about, okay, what are some strategies to, to, to get around that? Um, don't hear us at all saying that that's not serious. That is serious. But, but I think it's important yes. for us to recognize, as Lance said, for the general public, if we're wearing it properly, uh, it's okay. Now, uh, yeah. sorry, were you going to say something, Lance? Yeah, I was going to say something. Well, and please don't hear us saying that, that um, it is not restrictive. I think that it is restrictive. I do think that there are ways to get face coverings that are less restrictive. Um, One of the initial things I'm going to ask you, Pastor Brian, about current guidelines, because one of the guidelines that was suggested out by the CDC that I thought was fascinating was they said one of the biggest issues is comfortability. And if you are not comfortable, you're not going to wear it, number one. Number two, it's probably not fitting right for you. Number three, it is probably unnecessarily restrictive. And so once again, comfortability is a factor 
in this whole issue. So, so Pastor Brian, can you lead us through kind of what yeah. some people are sharing about current guidelines uh, and help us understand them a little bit more? Yeah. So, so chances are, if you live in the state of California, and that's where the majority of our audience is, uh, you've you've seen the latest guidelines from the California Department of Public Health, which say that if you're going to be in an indoor public space or you are going to be in an outdoor public space where people are congregating, such as a line to get in somewhere or a line or a, a bus stop or line to get on public transportation or something to that effect, uh, you need to have you need to have a mask on. There are uh, there are allowances for various situations such as you don't obviously have to wear a mask while you're eating in a restaurant or you don't have to wear a mask if you're in a profession where it would be unduly restrictive uh, and then there are some exceptions for some health concerns which we've talked about but but broadly speaking it's a, it's a pretty broad directive and I'll just I'll admit it is a it is an unprecedented directive for our lifetimes and who knows by next week we may very well may be looking at a federal directive that is requiring this nationally as more and more states are doing it so uh, the CDC uh, is very clear that cloth face coverings may help prevent people who have covid-19 from spreading it to others for a lot of the reasons we have discussed and their recommendation is they say, hey, listen, the spread can be reduced when cloth face coverings are used along with other preventative measures such as social distancing and hand washing. And, and one interesting element to this that, uh, that I, I've read in a few different medical articles was there are folks who say, well, wait a second, if we wear a mask, will that give us a false sense of security? That all of a sudden, we don't need to be more careful because we're wearing masks. And, and that certainly may happen for some folks. But what they've found as they've studied this is that actually mask wearing all over the world tends to cause people to be a little bit more vigilant because it is a physical reminder of like, oh, wait, there's something going on that I need to take seriously right now. So it can be, be helpful in that regard. Uh, and then the, the WHO, the World Health Organization as well, is urging uh, urging the use of face face coverings by the general public and is encouraged that for pretty much the same reasons as the CDC. Now, I know that a source of frustration, Lance, and I'll kick this over to you, a source of frustration from some folks is that the guidelines seemingly keep shifting. That back in April, I read a press release yesterday that the WHO put out in April saying that they weren't advising mask wearing, and now they are, and that the CDC has gone on you know different sides of this as well. And I understand why that's frustrating to people because we all want to do the right thing. And when the right thing is changing, it's like, well, what do I do now? C can you help us understand a little bit about why those guidelines changed? Yeah, for sure. So first of all, I know that we would love for um, the experts to have all the answers right away. And the reality is they were coming up to speed very quickly on this so they kept getting demanded to give answers and so they're doing their best one of their biggest concerns initially was that they were saying uh, yes we know that a covering would help but what we were concerned about was once again the mask slash face covering issue where there would be a run on masks because people were thinking they needed surgical masks and that was going to take away from the public health officials and doctors and nurses that needed those. So at first they said, hey, we really want everyone to cover up. Then they went, oh shoot, people don't know the difference between a mask and a face covering. Now they're gonna completely take that away. Well, now all of a sudden we're gonna run into a problem in the healthcare profession. So no, we don't want you to wear those kind of masks. And then they went back and said, but there's a face covering you can get, which by the way, that industry just rose up out of nowhere. Now all of a sudden, every <laughs> single advertisement you see is about face coverings, which before there was no opportunity for that. You had a bandana or you had a surgical mask. Those were like your only two options. Now all of a sudden you have 32,000 different varying degrees. So they were not changing it based on saying we were wrong. They were changing it based on saying, as we are following all the information, we're working with the public and trying to figure out how to direct the public properly. So we had to adjust our language. It was not that they were saying it didn't infect and it did infect. So a, a, a couple other things I wanted to address real quick, if that's all right. Yeah. And then I'm going to, and then I'm going to hand it over to you and, um, and just, address a little bit about why Bridgeway requires them. I need you to lead us into that, but let me just share a couple things. Um, when we're talking about the droplets and how they carry the infection, the other two things that were asked of people is there's three things they keep saying, right? And we get all irritated. It's wear a face covering, wash your hands, and social distance. Now, once again, I want to be very clear because I think that a lot of people are like, oh, well, they're lying about this. They're working with the general public and millions of people. So they're going to have double doubling over 
on what is protective because if somebody fails at one, they have the second one as a protection. But let me be very clear. Social distancing is the six feet distance to say that when you expel droplets, they tend to, by gravity, fall after six feet. So they tend not to shoot from me directly into you past six feet. Now, there's a lot of debates on all that stuff about should it be longer than that? Other countries have bigger distances than that. But what I'm saying is America said, we'll go with six feet. Now, if you sneeze, it can actually shoot much further than that. So the other thing that they said is wash your hands. The reason why is if you have all the coverings in the world, but you reach into the covering and touch and create and take all that either spittle or I don't want to say juices. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, not liquid. Saliva. 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 Yes. Anyway, whatever those things are, it's totally gross. Sorry. But if you're going to go around your protections and touch and put it from one location and then put it into your eyes, into your mouth, you are actually bypassing. That's why that hand washing is such a big deal. Not a lot of transmission has happened from surfaces where we go, oh my gosh, I'm going to touch something at the store and then I'm going to get, no, it's that if someone sneezed right on the surface, you quickly grabbed it while it was still wet and you touched your mouth, that would give you the problem. So anyway, I wanted to be very clear that when we talk about doubling up, they go, why am I wearing a mask and social distancing? You're absolutely right. In a perfect world, you should only do one of them. However, the problem is, is that six feet is not the only containment system and they're trying to double up so that there's some protection for the public. All right, so I wanna yeah. kind of skip forward a little bit because I think that probably one of the reasons why everybody tuned in today that's from Bridgeway, if you're outside of Bridgeway, this may not uh, apply as much, but we actually require face coverings and we that's where we messed up. We call them face masks or whatever. It's face coverings, everything's been changed on our sites now. But why do we require face coverings at Bridgeway specifically? And I think that the SLT, the senior leadership team that Pastor Brian and I are a part of, and the elder board, we have talked a lot. Uh, we did a multi-hour meeting yesterday just on mass in the SLT. So we don't take this lightly about what we should do at Bridgeway. We are trying to take every perspective into account, and we are always trying to seek God's will on this stuff. But we did come to some conclusions, and I would love for you, Pastor Brian, to lead us into those yeah, we we did come to some conclusions, and and the, the primary one uh, that is relevant to this discussion is what what Pastor Lance just decided is that, or sorry, just uh, just stated, <laughs> he didn't just decide it; we decided it a while ago. But uh, <laughs> that, uh, that that yeah, we are going to require face masks on our campus. And I before we finish this discussion, I, I do want to address some some different issues that I'm hearing within uh, I think different segments of the Christian community in terms of some of the objections to, to mask wearing because I think that there there are, those are those are important objections, but there are I think equally, if not more important, sort of answers to those objections that can help us to be a little bit more peaceful. But before we get into that, I, there are four reasons why we are requiring masks in the in the building at Bridgeway. Uh, and the first is very simple. It's a state mandated requirement that in order for us to stay open, we need to do this. So it's uh, it's not really up to us at that point. Um, it, this is not an issue where our faith is being infringed upon. This is not an issue where the government is asking us to violate our Christian convictions. Therefore, we can comply with what the government is asking us to do. And again, more importantly, we'll get into this you know, more in a moment. We can, we can comply with this for the sake of loving our neighbors and seeking to, to care for those around us. So because the government has asked us to do this, and because it is not a direct violation of anything in Scripture— we would say, okay. And if that was it, that could be it. And we would be, we would be fine with it for that reason. Um, Lance, give us another, give us another reason why we've, we've decided to, to go with this. Yeah. So we have done a lot of research and we have sought um, counsel on this and we found that it is a decision to make the wisest health choice for our people. Um, this is a worldwide pandemic. And I understand we can all argue about, well, are some things being coded wrong and, and some people calling COVID something. Here's the deal. It's worldwide. It is not just an American issue. It is not just some type of conspiracy here. It is literally worldwide. 10 million confirmed cases and 500,000, a little over 500,000 deaths. The reason when something happens like that, you have to take it seriously 
And so you're going to obviously go over on the side of caution and say, listen, I don't know everything about it, but I do know that I love these people and I believe it is the wisest choice based on the best science I can find. So I think that's a big reason, but we actually had um, a couple more. So what, yeah. what's another one, Brian? Yeah, another one is is that there are just a, a number of factors related to the wearing of, uh, or sorry, the, related to the disease that make it especially insidious and especially dangerous, that there's so much unknown. It is really difficult to detect if somebody is carrying the disease. In fact, a, a great number of us could contract the disease and remain asymptomatic, which is like, on the one hand, yay, I'm not having terrible symptoms. On right. the other hand, for all I know, literally, for all I know, right in this moment, I am I could be carrying COVID-19 and I could be asymptomatic. I could be carrying COVID-19 and I have not yet begun to experience symptoms, but they'll eventually come. So because of that, I am perfectly comfortable. I feel perfectly healthy, but I could be at risk of spreading the, the, the disease to others. If you and I were in a close in our studio right now, where we're about six feet apart and we're just talking back and forth, uh, sharing a lot of germs, then I could very easily pass the virus on to you or you to me. So because of that, uh, we, ha we are perfectly fine with taking some extra measures. And, and I even heard one doctor say a while ago that one of the safest things you can do is basically sort of live like you've got it to say, okay, I want to just be really careful that I'm not spreading my germs around to, to others. Uh, and because of the fact that there are so many unknowns, because it's impossible to know who has the disease and who doesn't, and because there are so many in our population who have autoimmune issues or are elderly or have respiratory issues that could be severely impacted by this. We want to make sure that we're erring on the side of caution. Uh, now, there's a fourth reason, and I, and I know it's one that you and I are both, both particularly passionate about, but why don't, why don't you lead us into that conversation? Yeah, uh, here's the deal. Paul the Apostle wrote all over scripture about how ferocious he was about protecting the testimony of Jesus Christ's bride, which is the church. We're the same way at Bridgeway. So once again, the testimony of Jesus and representing him well is very, very important to us. And so the idea of rebelling against governing authorities when civil disobedience is not actually required of us is not how we want to be known. This is a chance for us to be team players and to demonstrate. You gotta remember the world already thinks that we don't think of science as important. Well, because we believe in creationism and all these different things. Well, this is an opportunity to say, no, no, no. We know this is real and we're just trying to be cautious and be good neighbors. That is a testimony issue, and we take testimony issues very seriously. Yeah, and 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 this is this is the case on a, a lot of different things. Is that I that I hope if you wanna you wanna question the science, okay, you know you can question the, question the science. And and again, we're, <laughs> we've said this a million times in this episode, and I'll and I'll say it again in case you're just joining us. Like wearing a mask is a drag for a lot of different reasons. It's uncomfortable. It makes mm -hmm. us feel bad. It's just like it, like I hate wearing a mask. Like I'm not, I'm not like I, I don't, like I don't think mask wearing is this great thing. But we have to think about what this communicates to a watching world. We have to, have to, have to communicate that. I'm not going to like if you're somebody who is in the I refuse to wear a mask camp. I'm not going to presume to know your motives. I don't know. I am more than willing to give you the benefit of the doubt and to say, okay, you've got you know really good reasons. A watching world isn't. It's the same reason why it always breaks my heart when I see somebody on social media and their posts are one of two things. They're either these like extremely divisive political posts or they're Bible verses, right? And it just breaks my heart to see that because what is what is the world now seeing? Somebody who maybe would have different political views, what they're seeing is, oh, well, this is somebody who they're conflating their faith with their politics. And I don't, I don't agree with their politics. So I don't want anything to do with their faith. So many people from the watching world view this, even though they wouldn't use this vocabulary necessarily, they view mask wearing as a way to love our neighbors. They view mask wearing as a way, as our scriptures would say, to consider one another as more important than ourselves. So when we don't do that, when we don't do that, the perception that it gives to the outside world is not the perception we're looking for and is not the perception of, Christ, of, of, of who Jesus is and what he stands for. So it, for me, just speaking for myself personally, if that was the only issue here where, hey, if I wear a mask, 
I'll be communicating a, a measure of selflessness, which hopefully others would see in me and attach to Jesus. That's enough. I don't need the only thing that I want to add to that is whether or not we should consider a moral or spiritual obligation to wear a mask, because a lot of times we're tending to demonize the other side, uh, wherever we stand. And I want to say that motivations matter, but motivations can't be seen. And so yeah. I think that if we are being rebellious for rebellious sake, we have a moral problem. We have a spiritual problem. Yeah. If we are really desiring to comply, but we really struggle because of health reasons, that is a beautiful motive. Um, I'm not sure everyone will know that. And so sometimes you have to walk through that as a struggle. Um, but I would say that as long as our heart is in alignment with the Lord and we're being soft and we're caring for one another, there should be some freedom in wherever you stand on this issue. Um, I do think we just need to be a little bit more cautious in how it's viewed. Now, not everything we do can be viewed the right way. We can't control that, but we can certainly yeah. do our best, I think is the idea. Now, I, I do want to draw uh, talk about one more thing, and then we'll kind of start to land this plane here. I want to be very clear as the uh, senior pastor of Bridgeway. Uh, I believe that there will come a time. I don't know if it's in my lifetime, but there will come a time when uh, Bridgeway Christian Church will need to use civil disobedience because the priorities of God and the priorities of the society will not align. That there will be a time when there will be a crushing of key faith elements or some violation of. So, for example, if the government said um, religion is outlawed and there's no more Christianity allowed, um, I'm willing to go to jail for that. That is time for civil disobedience. So once again, I am not against appropriate civil disobedience. I think that was demonstrated in scripture. I do not believe that this is the time. I don't believe that our inconvenience automatically makes civil disobedience. Uh, that cannot be the determining factor about how we feel about something. It's whether or not it violates a clear directive in scripture when we start talking about civil disobedience. So once again, if there is something that is in God's heart, so, for example, we had talked about other things like protests, and I'm pro-protest, which aren't always, those are considered some types of civil disobedience. I consider that an issue of God because it has to do with justice of oppression, which is something Jesus was really into. But the idea of saying, I, I don't like this, it's uncomfortable for me, so I'm going to, and I'm going to say it's restrictive of the church. Uh, once again, if you're going to take that stand, just be very clear biblically why you're taking the stand that you're taking. Once again, you can disagree with both of us. You can have a very different opinion. There's a diversity of opinion on this. I'm just telling you why Bridgeway is doing what Bridgeway is doing and where we're coming from. Yeah, I had a, um, it's kind of an interesting experience at, at church, not this uh, this weekend when, when you were speaking, Lance, but the, the prior weekend with uh, with Pastor Parnell. So I was, I was we, we call it the weekend host, the person who comes out and does the call to worship and then does, does the mid-service announcements. And, and, and whenever I'm preparing to be the weekend host, I always try to look and see, okay, what's the first worship song that we're going to sing? And I try to connect my, the scripture that I'm going to read with that first song, if I can. Uh, some weeks is very easy, some weeks, uh, some weeks less so. And the song that we were singing that week was uh, Freedom by, uh, I want to say Jesus Culture. I could be wrong about that. But it's, it, it contains the words, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so I looked up that verse immediately. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And, and I read it and I sort of smiled because this is what 2 Corinthians chapter 3, starting in verse 17, says. It says, now the Lord is spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transferred into the same image from one degree of glory to another. Looking out on a room full of people who are wearing masks and I was oh. going to read those verses. And yes. I've heard from people saying, well, wait, we shouldn't be wearing masks. What about, you know, unveiled face from Second Corinthians? And, and here's the thing is that the, the concept of, of veil, and, and we don't need to get into a deep scriptural dive here. But when, when Paul is talking about this concept of a veil, it's a symbol of the, of the hard hearts of the Jewish people. So when the veil is removed, it's a symbol of having a soft heart before the Lord. So it's not like there's nothing inherently sinful about wearing 
a veil or wearing a face covering in, in worship. That's just not what the verse means. But what I did, what, but I but I still, I mean, I couldn't help but sort of be amused by the irony of that. But I thought, you know, there's an opportunity here, I think, for God to point us to some deeper truth. So, so what I said to, to our people was I, you know, I, I, I referenced that this is a little bit odd, but I said, let this discomfort of wearing a mask, let the fact that it gets in your mouth sometimes when you sing and all this other stuff, let this be a reminder to you that this little physical encumbrance you have, let it be a reminder to you that no pandemic, no mask, no nothing can, can get in the way of the access that you have to God. And that has actually been very helpful for me as I found myself annoyed by mask wearing, as I've felt the restrictive, the restrictiveness of it, that I've actually allowed that to just be a reminder to me. And this is just a big thing I do in my life is just set up little reminders to remind me to be thankful and anything like that. To, to just when I feel the discomfort of the mask, God, thank you that there is nothing that can separate me from you. Uh, thank, thank you that I might be veiled in public right now, but I'm unveiled before you. And would you keep my heart soft? So, so that's been a really helpful thing for me. And I, and I share that just to say maybe that would be helpful for others who, who and again, I know there's so many people that are just so opposed to, to mask wearing. And I, and I know you've got your reasons for it, that maybe that might be something where God might even be able to use mask wearing uh, as something that allows you to celebrate uh, the freedom that, that is yours in, in him. Yeah, I think what a beautiful perspective. Once again, transforming our minds to be thinking a little bit deeper about all this and realizing that our temporary trial that we are a part of is really not that big of a deal in comparison to the bigger stuff that God's doing. Um, yeah. So let's land this plane. Um, yep. uh, just as we close out, um, just your experience of what it's like in church, because some people are going, I don't know if I want to go back to Bridgeway because because there is, which by the way, what one of the things that we've had to work wrestle with as a leadership is we have volunteers that said, I'm not coming to serve at the church if people aren't wearing masks. Because some people are taking them off, even though we say it's, it's required, people are taking them off. So we're losing volunteers for people taking off their masks. And we have people that said, I'm not coming to volunteer if I have to wear a mask. Yeah. And so we're having a bunch of people making determinations and saying, I will not serve my church because of this issue. Um, but I do think that there's a lot of people wondering whether or not it is safe to go to church or whether or not it is unnecessarily restrictive to go to church or whether or not it's a drag or is it even fun? Um, so I'm just going to give you my view because I got a chance to be in church this last weekend yeah. and the atmosphere was absolutely electric. It was so fun to be around people, but the amount of distances you have between people and the mask thing obviously is a little bit of a buzzkill, right? Because you're like, man, I want to hug people and man, I want to sing really loud. And, and I want to, you know, so there's no question it is different and it is weird. But what I found is even with the limitations being in the presence of other believers in the presence of God, especially in worship settings or in preaching settings or in prayer settings, I found overwhelmed the discomfort. And I felt that once I settled in, I felt a little bit better. Now, I will say that I was not the one sitting in while the guy was teaching. I was the guy without a mask, spitting on everyone while I talked. So I'm very clear I had a different experience. But walking in the hallways, the minute Pastor Brian and I got off stage, we put our mask back on. The only time I had it off was when I was in the green room by myself or had one other person in there. And there was social distance. Other Every other time, I walk in the hallways, walk in the lobby, I always had my mask on. Um, half the time, depending on if there's anybody in the office, I have to have it on in the office. So we're always wearing them. Um, and yeah, it is super frustrating. I just believe that the power of people and the presence of God is worth the discomfort. What do you, what were your experiences, Pastor Barbara? Yeah, I, I think first of all, the, just being around people was, was awesome. And, and the there was, I mean, I got emotional when I stepped out on the stage at, at 3.55, you know, a week ago, just to, to greet the, the people that were there in the room. It was really, really special. Yes, to all of what you said, that it, it does feel restrictive. It's weird to not hug people. I've, I, even though it requires violating social distancing, you know, I've been doing the elbow bump just to, you know, have a little physical contact with folks just to, you know, replace the, the handshake or the hug or, or whatever. But but you're right. I mean, and, and just the energy in the room is incredible. And and listen, I get it's super hard with kids. I mean, our family, like we've got two little kids, one of whom is is just a bundle of energy. I, 
we're not in any big hurry to bring them to a main service because I just don't know that that's a, a great idea for anybody. So I recognize for those of you with kids and there certainly there were plenty of kids there and our, our kids way team had some materials that the kids could could play with and things like that I, I get that it's 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 difficult and, and I, I certainly sympathize with that but if you're able to, to get there the, the energy is unbelievable I mean yeah there's a hundred people in the room but it feels like 500 just the the fun and the joy and the excitement and the enthusiasm just uh so uh, yeah, so worth the worth the discomfort. So um, yes, it is it is everything sort of I hoped it would be uh, to get back there. And and listen, here, here here's just another element of this. I really don't want to get shut down again. <laughs> like really don't want to get shut down again. And you know what we're seeing around the country is a little scary to me. And it, you know that that's just another element of this where, where I feel really good about the decision we've made to to to, to go along with what uh, the government and the California Department of Public Health has asked us to do is like man if there's just like a small way that me wearing a mask can help prevent uh, things going in the wrong direction in terms of restrictions man I'll I'll do that in a heartbeat <laughs> so it's annoying it's it it's it's frustrating but still to be back on campus and to see people is is pretty extraordinary. Yeah. Amen. Well, I'm telling you, I'm about yeah. done talking about masks. <laughs> yeah, me too. I don't want to talk about Yeah, I don't want to talk about masks, face coverings or anything else. For the for the foreseeable future, we'll be uh we'll be having our services still with RSVP because we want to make sure that uh we don't want to turn people away and we want to make sure that if you come to the campus, that we're able to accommodate you and that we're able to stay within our guidelines. So Reservations open Thursday mornings at 7.30 a.m. Uh, the best way to make sure you get notified is to have that Bridgeway app with the push notifications turned on because we'll always send out a, uh, send out a, a notification when uh, registration is open. And uh, we'll be, uh, just for those listening live, we'll be meeting this, uh, this Saturday, 4th of July at 4 p.m., no 6 o'clock service. And then we'll be on at 9 and 11 and we'll be back to our regular four service flow here in the weekend after that. So lots changing, a lot of crazy stuff. Stuff. Thank you, thank you, thank you to those of you who uh, just are are trying to do their best with all of this. I know we have a lot of different thinking, and man, if we can just all try to have a heart to okay, say what glorifies God and how can we best love our neighbor, even if it's uncomfortable, man, I think that's the best way to go. Yeah, I, um, I just want to encourage sorry, everybody. Sorry, I, I, please don't, Please don't, please don't disengage during this season. Keep engaging with Bridgeway. Yeah. Keep engaging with your church family and keep engaging with us. We love you. Yep. Yep. We love you. Thanks for watching. Thanks to Lucian and Brenton. We're going to take the audio and video and make it look good and sound good. Thanks to all of you. Uh, we will be back with you next week for another episode of Engaging Culture. And we hope to see you at Bridgeway on a weekend here real soon. Have a great rest of your day. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Engaging Culture, a podcast by Bridgeway Christian Church. If you enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on iTunes. Thank you so much for listening. Music is used under the Creative Commons license and is provided by Dexter Britton.